We got some good things going. Good. Because <laughs> that's what's important. <laughs> I want to do that uh, breathing thing from Britney Spears. <laughs> what? Yeah, huh? Like, oh yeah, origins. our nerd weekly comic book podcast and adaptations and adaptations. <laughs> this is episode eighty-four. My name is Andrew. I'm Cody, yeah. and do we have a show for you? Yeah. What is that? And and do we and do we have a show for you? Uh, probably what SNL. Is, what is? We've got a great. Well, no, there's is like we've got a great show for you tonight. Weezer is here. Yay! Yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking like a- it's like a specific and. We got a show for you. Like it's a It's VeggieTales. Is it it is VeggieTales. Thank you, Chris. Well, You're I'm in the right man. company that you know, someone here would know that because I actually didn't grow up watching that. I did. I'm like one of the only kids I know who didn't. Yeah. You're missing that you missed out, man. Yeah, it, it was some good you stuff. You can't you can't go back. <laughs> you can't go back because it's just too too much. But when yeah. you grow up when you grow up with it, it's it sticks with you. Is it kind of like I feel that's how I feel about. I mean, it's a totally different way, but like McDonald's Happy Meals in the '90s, or like the Burger King Kids Club meals. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be as dope if you were an, an, an adult. Correct. Getting them. Correct. But growing up with it is supreme. Yes. Yeah. And that's something that, in uh, my opinion, kids just don't have these days. Yeah. Even, also, even cartoons veg- nowadays any- are not as the kids' cartoons yeah. nowadays are notoriously terrible. Yeah. Even the kid, the the VeggieTales now is not good. Really? Yeah. There was the people who made the original VeggieTales are, in my opinion, comedic geniuses because they had to take comedy and apply it to Christian values and do it in a way that is entertaining. Yeah. Um, and I, they, there's gold. Question, there's gold what, in original what channel was that on? I don't know. Was I it got, on a I, channel or was it just releases? I think it was just the D, they, VHSs. They okay. sold them in VHSs and it came with like two stories, two episodes. Because I knew non-Christian people who watched yeah. them. It was a huge thing. Yeah. I didn't know that it was Christian until had, way later. It had a lot of good uh, songs. The music for VeggieTales is supreme. Is yeah. it good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do remember one quote because a friend of mine grew up with them, and he always quoted it. And I, I, I think this is it: the "I want to play mousetrap." You roll your dice, you move your mice, nobody gets hurt. What? Yeah, one of one of the characters on <laughs> VeggieTales quoted the commercial. Oh, and um, <laughs> I, I never saw it, but I just remember him always, always doing that, doing and he that? said, "Oh, it's from VeggieTales." I was like, okay, I'll take your word for it. Because I remember, <laughs> I, the, I remember I have the to, ad for Ma- for Mousetrap. Yeah, I have to take his word for it because you don't remember that. I don't remember yeah, that. Okay. But there's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of lines that I don't remember. I remember mostly the songs. Speaking of lines, I yeah. want to so I I, I want to interject this. This is not on. I don't think this is on the menu for today. Gosh, I really hope it's not. Um. So yesterday 
was the 30th anniversary of Batman 1989. Woo! People. Wow. 30. Yours truly's favorite childhood movie. Um, that movie is full of so many. Does that mean you're turning 31 lines. this year? Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? No, but um, I saw that movie when I was really little, probably too too young to see it. Ah. Eh. Yeah. There's nothing in that movie that's going to traumatize a kid, but it's definitely dark. Yeah. But that, The second one would traumatize a kid. Oh, gosh. Yeah, actually, what's funny is I was okay with it. I, I, I would say I was okay with it, and then every time I'd finish it, I'd cry because the, <laughs> the scene at the end where the penguin dies and his, yeah. and his, and his bo- body is, like, bleeding and everything. Yeah. Like, my, mo- my mom's terrifying. like, no, Cody... You'll watch this when you're older. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you'll you'll appreciate it more. But yeah. anyways, uh, Batman 1989 is just full of all these amazing lines that uh, Nicholson notoriously ad libbed, mm-hmm. and like uh, some of them were written. I think like I think uh, where does he get those wonderful toys when when Batman comes in with with the grappling hook gun and the yeah. Batmobile? But like some of them like uh, never rub another man's rhubarb. Like what? <laughs> like or or or, uh, or uh, fa- this famous- town needs an enema. Like, the the famous one was that written in there or the where does he get those wonderful toys? No, never dance with a devil in a pale moonlight. Yeah, yeah, that was written. That was written. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but anyways, I just I gotta give a shout out to that. As a kid, that movie really, along with Star Wars, I think opened my eyes to like what a really exciting film should look like. Yeah, because at that time, it brought adventure. Oh, totally, yeah. and and it had that score, mm-hmm. that Danny Elfman score, which today yeah. I think is still top five all time superhero score. Yeah, like it's just iconic. I mean, of course, Danny Elfman's Spider Man score is amazing, and there's mm-hmm. a few others, but the John Williams Superman score. Yeah, but for me, like when I really think about it, uh, Thor's soundtrack. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, anyways, uh, I I just I have to give credit to that movie because I'm to this day very obsessed with it. Like, mm-hmm. It's the one, it's the one uh, bat film that I continually go back, like annually go back to it. Mm-hmm. I don't even go back to The Dark Knight every year, but I go back to eighty nine. It's been a long time since I've seen The Dark Knight. Oh, you know what's funny? Like a long time. So that's all. I, that's all I really have to say about yeah. Batman 89. Oh, also, Keaton Rock's favorite Batman. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I finally, not finally, I recently rewatched Batman Begins. Yeah? Yeah. I forgot to tell you, I watched it a week ago. What? Without me? Uh, my mom and uh, Dee uh, put it on. Oh, okay. When I was at their place. That's interesting that they put it on. He wanted to watch it. Interesting. And I was happy. Yeah. But I, I told him, I said, I haven't seen this movie in forever. And I was just telling, I think, I mean, a couple months ago. I think maybe it was longer than that. A couple months ago, you were telling me that you hadn't seen it in a long time, or any, or any of the uh, Nolan ones in a while. I mean, I haven't seen Rises since it was in theaters. I haven't seen Rises in a hot Texas minute. Yeah, uh, Dark Knight. I've seen a bunch, mm-hmm. and it's the most recent uh, out of the no- or, not now. Not not most recent, but it's it's pardon me. It's one of the more recent ones, and yeah. I've watched it a lot, so yeah. I get fewer cravings to go back and rewatch it. But that's such a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's just dive right into news. I mean, that's a good bit of news there. Batman eighty nine is just turned thirty yep. as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who are listening to this on Tuesday. Um, it was May or June twenty third. June twenty third. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Fun day, fun memories. Uh, 
Comics, starting right off, Marvel announces Wolverine and Captain America Weapon Plus. So this is a Captain America Wolverine team-up book, which is rare. I don't think it's ever been done before. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah. It's exploring the fact that uh, Captain America was one of the original Weapon Xs, or the, the part of the weapon program. Like, the Super Soldier program was, a, like, the first weapon kind of situation. Yeah. And so it's... it's are, they, are they saying in essence, or it was actually the same... It actually was the same group. Is that yeah. true? I'm guessing... That I didn't, that I didn't I'm know. I'm guessing it's being made to be It's true. made to be... Okay, gotcha. Yeah. It's it's being... Um, I will do more... It uh, yeah. I will do more research on that okay. to see if that's something that's been in canon for a while, or if it's... Because I thought Weapon X was a program in Canada, so, but it could have relocated. So Weapon X... Uh, is specifically Wolverine. He is Weapon X. But the Weapon X program or, originated yeah. from Canada. They dubbed him Weapon yeah. X because it, that was part of the program. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Logan, well, I don't know about his origin origin, but the, when, he, when he became Logan, yeah. he, he, that character is Canadian. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or Australian. You know, J.J. Uh, Abrams, famous movie director and son, are going to be wa- uh, writing a Spider-Man one-off. So this, in essence, is it's fun. The idea of it, I, I don't need another Spider-Man book. Really, if they just took away all the Spider-Man books and just left one, which was the Amazing Spider-Man, that's all I would care about. Mm-hmm. Uh However, the lead up to this book being announced was insane. So randomly, the Marvel Twitter, the Marvel Twitter account just said uh comic news. It just it was like hashtag comic news and then it had a a webbed four. So like a, a four made out of spider webs. Okay. So everyone was like, What the crap? Is this like a comic version of Spider Man four? Like the Spider-Man that we never got, or is it like a Fantastic Four Spider-Man crossover thing? And that there was no answer. And then the next day there was a three in the webs, and then a two. So everyone's like, "There's going to be something super awesome, super cool being announced. Maybe they're reversing one more day, and it's like a lead up to that, and it's going to be this huge Spider-Man event." And then it got to the end. They're like, "Oh yeah, J.J. Abrams and Sonya are writing a Spider-Man comic." Okay. And it was just like, that was the biggest hype for just the most okay news. I mean, yeah, because to me that sounds like I was going to say okay. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what the countdown was for? That was what the countdown was for. And they started it from four? From Yeah. Off, like that's out of, a random number. It was. And so it's like, out of all of the numbers to start from, it's just like, why? Why did you do... I, maybe they took the weekend off and they didn't want to create a five so you know they started from four i don't know it was it was weird it was funky yeah well and it's kind of like okay that's neat yeah and that's it and that's really what it is like they're going to be writing a comic and you know that's there's nothing we can really say on it Mm -hmm. i've never i don't know if jj abrams has ever written a comic uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm i not against movie writers or directors writing comics. Joss Whedon 
himself wrote some of the best X-Men, um, which I'm currently reading, and it's really, really good. Is it? Yeah. Um, and I know that he's written some other stuff as well. Uh, moving on, Swamp Thing, the TV show, is canceled. Uh, we talked about what? this kind of a little bit last time. Yeah. It, I was looking forward to that. I mean, it's. I think they still released the first season. But... The rest I mean, of, like carry, carrying on though, yeah. and, and I haven't seen it yet. And so it, yeah. yeah, yeah, they just canceled it. Uh, I had a feeling it was going to be canceled even That's before its release. Really yeah. prematurely canceled. Yeah, I I think DC's streaming service is not doing well, and WB is going to be uh, getting rid of it soon. Uh, I I stopped paying for it. It just isn't worth it. Mm. There's like two good shows on there, and it's yeah. I don't need it. It's just basically not usable. Yeah. It's 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 an interesting situation. Um because it's one of those games that DC thought they could do it. WB gave them the money and everything that they thought they had the backing for. And I don't know why with how the the movies have been doing they're, they haven't been doing stellar. Um, no, not at all. That's your main. That's your main audience, and the people who did get the DC streaming service were hardcore comic book fans, mm-hmm. and there's not that many. I think they were hoping that the CW kind of crowd, the people that watch Flash, Arrow, um, Supergirl, Supergirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Well, I they mean, were thinking. I'm guessing they have the animated movies on there too. Uh. Because those have been big, pretty big yeah, and, for a while. Yeah, and Young Justice was on there. Yeah. Yeah, that's Young Justice and Doom Patrol were the two good uh, series I was talking about. But like you said, that's just not enough. It's not. I actually think if they went uh, Netflix they, they for Young Justice, They don't need their own streaming service for two yeah. shows. They they should have gone through either Hulu, Amazon, or Netflix, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, trying to do their own streaming service, just it. they don't have the pull to bring people into... I mean, I know they're probably just thinking they can, you know, keep more money. Yeah. Because if you go through another party, I'm you sure... You have to pay them more, yeah. Yeah, but if no one's coming to your product, then it doesn't matter anyway. Exactly. Uh, then, for movies, The Batman, which is the uh, confirmed mm-hmm. Robert Robert Patterson. R. Pat's? Yeah, R. Pat. Uh, he um, will not be in an origin story. So this won't, there won't be, we won't yeah, get. I heard what's, that. What's your guess? Well. I know not an origin story, but what is your guess that we will see the death of Martha and Thomas Wayne? Oh. <laughs> because, you know, Batman oh, versus Superman wasn't an origin story, but, you know, why not just throw the death of Thomas and Martha Wayne in there? Do you think when they say that it's not an origin story that they're, tr- that they're trying to, um, Say that that's not going to be in there. I I think so. I think they're just like how Spider Man Homecoming wasn't a Spider Man origin movie. Like at no point did. Gotcha. Uh, we do, do you the think whole there's still dying. a chance though that they? I'm saying it would be funny if like <laughs> they somehow still threw it in there. Yeah. Even though I really hope they don't. Yeah. It's the most played death on TV. But you know what? To be fair, it's still thrown into the comics a lot. 
Yes. Like, like they, oh, I know. They go back, they go back to it in the they comics all the time. They show it to you all the time. And yeah. you're like, hey, I know. I know how <laughs> Batman's parents died. And, and, and then well, it's like they go back to it to remind us that the character Joe Chill existed. Yeah. Hey. Remember him? Yeah. This he, guy over he's, he's the one that did it. And yeah. you're like, yeah, no duh. It's like, yeah, I read that in that comic book from like 19... 19- and then I read it in the when comic I, well, book I mean, from, I like, know. 2000. And then I read it in the comic book from 2005. Because yeah. it originally happened in 1939. Yeah. And then I don't know when the next time they revamped they've it was. Just, they've just... Maybe that's... We should do a whole episode on that. Um, uh, no, so, anyways, you you, you want to know my, my guess? Yeah. I, I think... It's totally 50-50. 50 what I think. It's up yeah. in the air. Yeah. Uh, they could and they could not. That's really where it's at. I and think it's, it's highly likely. Mr. Captain Obvious for me stating that. But. It's highly likely, but it's not definite. That Maybe they'll surprise us. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but it will focus more on a Detective Batman. That is their whole point. And that's where I think our Pat. Uh, <laughs> I do want that. That's good. I think he could do a better job of that. Where it's less of the physical, like, rah, you know, Ben Affleck just beating people up. And it's more yeah, of like... he was way too much of that kind of Batman. Yeah. And just showing more of the Sherlock Holmes kind of Batman. The best kind of Batman. The best kind of Batman. Well, I mean... Well, the best kind is where you combine the two. The I best, think, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Ben Affleck could have done that. Uh, but they decided to, you know, have him shoot a tracker onto a truck and then follow it and then explode the truck. Yeah, that's that's good detective work, by the way. <laughs> well, I would say that because of that, um, and the, al- also Alfred did most of the detective work in that movie. But in no, in, 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 wait, in which oh, in you know our favorite movie that we in can BVS. Yeah, we can stop. I thought ne- you were trying to say did. in uh, the Nolan movies. And I was going to say no. Alfred, Alfred helped him with certain things, but not so much the detective stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say the perfect combination. It, in my opinion, that's why, as far as, like, Batman himself, mm-hmm. like, I really like Keaton, obviously, Christian Bale, and then uh, you know who I think is certainly third, if not second, is uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> see, uh, I'm not, I, was, I, was, I know. <laughs> I, uh, gosh. No, I, I honestly, after rewatching Forever a couple times in the last two years, I think Val was an awesome Batman. He's a great he's, Batman. He's a fantastic actor. Yeah. I just want to say that right now. I yeah. love Val Kilmer. Uh, Especially as uh, the villain in MacGruber. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. Doctor Strange 2 is going to start, maybe going to start filming next year, says Benedict Wong. Uh, for those who do not know, he plays Wong. I think that is the character he plays. <laughs> uh, Doctor Strange is um, essentially Alfred. Uh He's a little bit different in the in the movies. He seems more of like a a peer, whereas in the comics, Wong is definitely a uh, Alfred type character to Doctor Strange. Mm. But that bit that may be changing. It'll be interesting to see. I know they're going to probably do stuff with uh, Mordo, who turned evil at the end of the first Doctor Strange, um, and it'll be it'll be cool. Cool. I'm excited for it. Yeah. They can do a lot of really cool psychedelic stuff like they did with the first one. Yeah, dude, the the special effects in Strange were amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh one of my one of my good friends who likes comic books and he likes things that kind of press up against the wall of superhero. Mm-hmm. Like, 
he's not that into superheroes, but he even loved that movie. Yeah, because he th- he thought it was so well executed. Um, I know like some some people who aren't as into like just the dudes in tights beating each other up mm-hmm. still like Doctor Strange a lot. He's yeah. super interesting character. Uh, and then speaking of movies filming next year, Shazam Two is to start filming early next year. That uh, is the exact opposite. But he is totally dude in tights and yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that should be fun. Um, I like Shazam. Did I? Th- yeah. did I? Okay. Can we talk about something for a second? Sure. A coworker of mine. No. We sh- told- that's what we shouldn't do on this podcast. We shouldn't talk. It's no talking. Well, I just didn't want to distract you. Know? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, a coworker of mine at the gym told me that Shazam was the biggest pile of crap movie he's ever seen. So he hasn't seen Justice League or Suicide Squad. <laughs> I mean, obviously not. Yeah. Obviously. But, those are But both. the thing is, he says this every time he watches a movie he doesn't like. Yeah. And so I understand like, like he's he, using hyperbole for like effect. The, the pile gets bigger. Yeah. I feel like maybe I, that's what he's trying to say. He's like, I'm throwing it on this pile, and now it's the biggest I've ever seen. And I just want to say, homie, how many worst movies are there? Yeah. Like, you can't just keep saying it. Yeah. You're tossing it around like luggage. Yeah. Anyways, um, I want to say that I don't think it's a crappy movie at all. It's a very enjoyable movie. It's yeah, one of the best things fun. DC has done in a while. Yeah. It's I fun, would say. hopeful. Full of charm. The only thing I will I will say, like we did on the show, is yeah. Zachary Levi. He could look more like Shazam. Yeah, in the face, the, the expression and the face that would be better. That would be, yeah. But everything else, that was great. Yeah. Uh, Joker to be rated R. The Joker movie starring Walking really, Phoenix. yeah. Hmm. Um, and produced by Scorsese. I, I'm trying to. Wow. I don't know why I'm... They're probably getting hella edgy. Because the tone of that trailer was dark AF. Yes. I I do think the best word for this movie would be edgy. <laughs> um, I bet you it's going to be good, but... Yeah, I'm excited for it. Oh, man. It's going to be I'm one of those... I'm prepared to be disturbed, though. If they're yeah. making an R-rated Joker movie, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be pretty I mean. Up. The synopsis is a failed stand-up comedian is driven insane and becomes a psycho- psychopathic murderer. So, well, yeah, there you go. But I mean, you see that a, in the yeah. comics, and, yeah. and Todd they don't always take it to the nth degree. But I could see them if they're making a rated R Joker flick, they might take it pretty far. I'm calling it now that he kills his mom. He kills his mom. Yeah, maybe it's like the it's like the start. Him doing that. Yeah. Uh, Endgame is re-releasing. I'm doing quotes with my fingers here because it's not out of theaters. So Endgame. they're ju- they're Endgame. just never heard of it. Just kidding. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're just you know bringing. I heard about that. They're yeah. bringing it back again. Uh, more. They're bringing it back more. They're putting. They're, they're putting it back. They're adding an end credits scene. They're bringing um, sexy back to the movie where for those. Who didn't stay f- afterwards? Uh, there was no end credits. There was scene. no ending. There was which a, I stayed no, for. No, 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 there there was an ending. But what's up? Oh, well, there, yeah, no, it was. And you know what? I I respected them for it. 
for I not thought, doing it. For not doing it. It was awesome. And for I, wasting our time. It's we not, sat there. I'm just kidding. You had to look at all the incredible people who no, made the I, movie. I was totally That's kidding. wasting your time, Cody. No, actually, no. that ending was incredible. Yeah. No, uh, I, I love the, that. The whole, love that. to me, the end credit scene was watching them give credit to pretty much every actor who has been yeah. in it. That was really cool. And then doing the original five Avengers at the very end. That was... Uh, I thought showing their names and adding their signature yes. was super cool. That was really that was cool. awesome. And then and then at the very end, it had what started it all, which was Iron Man hammering in the cave. Yeah, uh, that was and that was. I magic. thought I thought magic. it was the beauty of it is since there was no post credit scene, it was like this is it. Yeah, like you do not need to go watch more. Like if you just want to watch the Infinity Saga. It ends here. Well, yeah. I mean, it didn't need it. Yeah, but and no, but now, but they're re-releasing it now with with an end credit scene, which, in my opinion, was their idea the entire time to do. Uh, they wanted to set up the next phase, phase four, um, which starts with Spider-Man: Far From Home, and uh, I think that was their plan. They also want to beat Avatar. Uh, I think the movie was at two point seven. 2.7 billion or it was like 2.2 2 billion 743 million and avatar is like at 2.7 or 2 billion 787 million so it's it's like 40 million behind and so i think it's this is a hey we're throwing this back out there people are going people will go to see it i'm going to go see it, I'll see uh, it for, for sure. that end credit scene i also never saw it again in theaters so it's yeah it's a good i time actually for me to see it I, twice. Can't, I can't believe that it already had left theaters i, I don't would, think it's left theaters i think it's still in some theaters oh really yeah. okay uh and so i'm going to they it. re-release something they haven't taken out why don't they just leave it that's why i said there it's <laughs> i did the quotes with re-release it's oh, they're just oh, oh. they're updating the release you know it's funny I was under the impression that, and I can't remember which movie I thought it was, but I was under the impression Avatar had already been beaten. Avatar's other records have already been beaten. Okay. So Avatar still had the record for highest grossing movie of all time, which was at the $2,787,000,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Titanic was still behind it. And then uh, Endgame has surpassed that. And I do believe with this release, it will surpass Avatar. Uh, Did you know yeah. if you extrapolate the economic situation of the time... Avatar still is in first. Uh, n- well, yes, but Gone with the Wind still blows away every Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the- when it came out, yeah, obviously the dollar wasn't that strong and inflation <laughs> dola- hadn't really the, happened. The dollar was strong back then. <laughs> I would say the dollar was strong back then. Uh, what was it? On the, it was on the uprising. I don't yeah. think it was what it was after World War II. This, this is true. Yeah. This is true. It was, 30, it was 39 when that movie came out, so I don't... I'm trying to think. I guess that... It would have been... Be, well, yeah, better, that is, that is, better than the Depression. That, yeah. You're right. <laughs> but not, every, many every, things, every, not, not many things are better than the Depression, but uh, <laughs> the dollar in 1939 You, you mean was, most things are better than the yeah. Depression. Yeah, right. That's why I meant to say. <laughs> yes, totally. Uh, but that's it, really, for news. Uh, Sweet. Exciting stuff happening. Hi-ho, Simba! Uh, it should be good. So let's move on to our main topic, which, uh, carrying off our last episode where mm-hmm. we talked about our favorite writers, uh, we are diving into our favorite artists. artists. Um, which I feel like people recognize the art more than they recognize the artist, where it's the 
other way around with writers that they will recognize recognize a uh, writer's name before they recognize like dialogue and storytelling um, with the writers. Yeah. It's harder. I mean, you you look at sentences and it's harder to perceive who did that versus um, art, where you can be like, art st- oh, style. Yeah. yeah, you can be like, oh, that's that's that. Yeah, I mean, there's in comic book writing for sure. Yes. There, yeah, have you noticed that? Like, even though there's good comic book writing in mainstream, in the independent world's a different beast. Yes, they're they're way more creative. I will mm-hmm. give them that. But in the uh, DC and Marvel universes, I feel like there are fewer unique voices. It's because they have to carry edi- on and editorial stuff. They have yeah. to really focus on that, and they have to carry on with the tradition. Yeah, because we all we want that. Yeah, Fam- familiarity. It's mostly based off of story beats. Yeah, of like, oh, this. You read certain stories, and you're like, I can tell that it's this writer. Yeah, like, you read any Jonathan Hickman, and you're like, I can, I know this is a Jonathan Hickman, just with how crazy the world he's building is. Yeah, but, yeah. So we're let's start out with just some of our favorites, not necessarily the best in the biz, but ones that we want to give uh, mention to. Sure, you go um, first. For me, Scotty Young. So Scotty Young, he is known for his childish kind of looking uh, characters. They have giant heads. Uh, in the anime world, they would call these characters like chibi, which they are the normal characters, shrunken down, giant heads. They're more cute looking. Mm-hmm. Um, he is well known for this uh, to the point where uh, he has his own variant covers for most books like there is a scotty young variant cover for things okay uh it's just a fun style and he's mastered it i think that's a a really cool thing and when you see it you can be like that's a scotty young gotcha um it's really cool what about you what's one um if i'm just gonna throw out a classic uh, an artist with classic style that i like that i I never hear anyone mention is uh, ethan van siever Okay. Who was a big part of the DC team during the uh, late 2000s. Um, he did uh, Flash Rebirth, and that's one of my favorite pieces of just graphic comic book art. Mm-hmm. It's so iconic. The way he, um, the, the way the panels look mm-hmm. and like stack up to one another and the way the colors pop yeah, and the way he draws the lightning coming off of the Flash, I don't think anyone does that better than him. Yeah. Um, his faces, I could say, say some people saying that they're a little bit generic, but they are distinctive from one another, mm-hmm. which I can't say the same for other people um, who are maybe in, in similar styles. One one name I was going to throw out there later was Jim Lee, whose faces can be samey. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would say Van Siever, uh, his style's not too far from that, but I think it's a little bit more... Immer- no. I don't know. I I I like his his panels. It's dynamic. His panels yeah. are a little more dynamic yeah. than than uh, than Lee's. Yeah. Uh, another one of mine is Greg uh, Capullo, who did oh. the Fifty Two Batman. Um, pretty much anything Scott Snyder. He does a lot of yeah, work. Yeah, Capullo is really good. He does. He, in my opinion, opinion, he is one of the best horror. Uh, he. What you call horror? Me? Just kidding. You're horror <laughs> uh, artist. He has a way of showing the dark sides of life and not in a man that's gross kind of way, but like, man, that's creepy. And I kind of really dig it. Um, and that's a lot of his work, especially with like the court of owls. He did a lot of the death of death of the family. 
Um, he had a character called Mr. Bloom uh, that was in Batman, mm-hmm. um, Scott Snyder's Batman. Such a creepy character, but so well done. Um, he also, I think, was one of the first to do the Goliath, who was uh, is Robin or Damien, Damien's giant bat, uh, like minion that he has, mm-hmm. and he's a really cool character. He has a he has a good job of showing just like. It's like Frank Miller, but better, in my opinion. That's the way he draws his characters. Where they have that, like, stocky kind of build to them, mm-hmm. um, but it's not as unrealistic. He His is more realistic. Gotcha. Yeah. How about you? No, they're just favorite as I've. Ooh. I've got a couple more, so. Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but this, this dude uh, also did a lot of... Green Lantern work during the Jeff Johns era from the uh, early 2010s. Okay. Uh, Doug Mankey. Okay. Is he the one that did, like, his new 52 run? Uh, I don't. I think he was still there at that time. He definitely did uh, the stuff leading up to it, like... Um, the Blackest Night stuff? He Well, the thing is, there were so many artists on all those, but, yeah. he, but yes, he made appearances... Through like, there, like, yeah, there were so many of those, but he did make appearances through that. He made appearance. I want to say he was the artist who did the final book, which revolved around the final the final trade, which revolved around Sinestro. Mm-hmm. Uh, just before that new Fifty Two Age started, yeah, uh, he did that. Uh, there again, he he's got a very classic style as well. Um, while it's it's classic yet modern mm-hmm. his colors and his, and his well i guess the color is different but like his characters seem to pop off the page a little more than like say you know like an early neil adams drawing mm-hmm. which is way more one dimensional yeah. neil adams later drawings totally different but like yeah. you know it's it's like it's a classic you know superhero it's a classic superhero art style but it's not super throwback yeah. So my next two um, are, in my opinion, one of the greats. They're just not my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. um, essentially father of artists, comic book artists, mm-hmm. uh, and then Steve Ditko, uh, okay, who is the you know psychedelic Doctor Strange, Spider Man. He did a lot of the vibrant, weird kind of stuff. Um, both, in my opinion greats they are comic book greats if you do if you have a list of comic book artists and you're like these are if this was my top 10 greatest artists of all time Mm -hmm. they are on that list um both these people kirby and ditko yes you know who i put right there with him uh jim lee no he fits style wise he fits right in there with the psychedelic and marvel jim Steranko. Steranko, yes oh yeah yeah yeah. i don't know why you've even forgot about Stranko. Dude, yeah. Stranko. So I have to say this. I've actually, I do not own, I have tons of comics on my shelf. Mm-hmm. Not one of them has Stranko in them. Yeah, neither. But I will go to my phone and pull up Stranko art to look at. His artwork is awesome. And yeah. I, I I do want to indulge some of it someday. I just, I don't know why I've never gotten around it's just to Stranko. None of it's like the, I mean, he did a lot of Nick Fury. The Nick Fury. And so it's stuff. just like, that's not. That's not a read that I am yearning Craving. to go. Yeah, yeah, read. But freaking Steranko is certainly yeah. one of the best. Yeah. So anything on your 
just honorable mention favorite kind of stuff. Anyone else? Well, there's a couple guys. Well, at least one guy that I want to mention because I don't think anyone really talks about him, and he did one of my favorite uh, Batman trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Boland, who did The Killing Joke. Okay. Very, it's it's a very classic Batman style, but just enough different that it really pulls you into that. It's the it, to it's me weird because it, to it, me it's the best, the best. Uh, it's the best pair to Alan Moore, like the yeah. way he he paired it with with everything, like the way the he Barbara drew Gordon the freaking Joker. Joker. Oh yeah. gosh, yeah, so good, yeah. Because I don't know if anyone drew a Joker who was, you know, cartoony and kind of like, oh, the the, the playful 60s Joker is still kind of there. Yeah. But then maniacal and insane. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh, just so, so good. Yeah. I, I honestly could just go on about Batman artists like Bill, <laughs> Bill Finger. Yeah. With 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 the, with the uh, gigantic props that they would always Did run, he draw the art for that or did he just do the writing? Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. What? Pretty sure he he ghost wrote everything, so I don't know if he did. Wait, the wait art a second. I thought, oh, you know what? Okay, so I'm thinking of creations. So here's the deal. Uh-huh. You're right. Kane did draw them. I yeah. Gosh. So this is this is where it gets kind of gets kind of gray. Finger came up with the ideas for what Kane was drawing. Yes, Bob. So Kane no, it, did it wasn't just that he was goat right go, go, yeah. goat writing. It wasn't goat just writing. that he was ghost writing. <laughs> Man. And Batman. God. It wasn't Found just that, Robin. It wasn't just that he was ghostwriting. He was also coming up with the ideas for, okay, I want a big piano yeah, yeah, for yeah. little Batman and Robin to run across. Mm-hmm. You know, just things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, no, he's not no, He's not an artist, but visual creator. Creator? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I yeah, because I mean the well, art let's was. Let's be honest. With, so, without I mean, without Finger Kane wouldn't have he wouldn't have had what he had. No, and so I guess yeah, Bob Kane. We do Finger. we do harp on Bob Kane a lot, but he was the artist. So like all of that classic art is Bob Kane. Oh yeah, that I've, is there. I mean, I've got and, a Bob Kane Batman statue. I've, yeah. I've got the first appearance of Robin statue yeah. in yeah. my in my room. Yeah. So I guess yeah. So moving on to our top artists, how many did you have? Uh, did you put five? Because I can take one off. I just I just wrote down a bunch of names. I have six. That's fine. Let's not worry about it. I mean, well, I I want to like even out here. So like, if if you have more, let's let's like say some until we get down six to six. Personal favorites or six icons that to me these are these are my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I can do that. Yeah. So my first one is Stepan Sajic. Uh, I talk about this guy a lot. Um, he is currently the... He's done some art for the Rat Queens. He does. He did a run on Aquaman that's uh, incredible. He has another series that's he's the writer and artist for that, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, uh, and it's it's kind of sexual... And uh, yeah, he. But the the way he draws his characters, they're some of the most beautiful characters I've ever seen. Um, on both sides, it's just like I am just attracted to everything he he draws. Gotcha. And it's a it's a it's a quality that I don't think a lot of artists have. Um, he knows how to draw attractive characters. Um, that no don't matter. all look the same. 
Uh, and that's where some of that's where some of it falls. His faces can kind of look the same, um, but the bodies don't. Like he definitely does a good job of like doing different body sizes and stuff. I I gotta say this like that's that's something that is just really hard to do. It seems different faces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so actually, here I'm gonna look something up really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you can you find something to vamp on while I, I, I there's something I want to look up. Can you can you can you keep the conversation? going? I mean, yeah. Uh, okay. You should definitely go check out um, Rat Queens. Uh, I I love the art in that, and he he does a great job of doing that. He he also has some stuff on deviant deviant art, which is just like an art form thing. Um, he posts a lot of his own stuff there, and he he actually did a he has you know an obsession with lesbians, uh, and so he like he has a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy series of where they it just shows like how their romance kind of buds, which is in like it's a comic book theory that Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are um, kind of like these weird side lovers like each they're each of their own mistresses like hmm. two two different things um and then he has a wonder woman laura croft fanfic kind of thing going on gotcha but uh still really really well done art um one of my favorites is he did a valentine's day post which was a bunch of um superhero characters with their love interests mm. uh just like you know saying cute sweet things to each other um, and he did a Starfire Dick Grayson panel, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could see it. I, I accept. And that's when, you know, I got into my my Dick Fire. Uh, <laughs> Dick Fire, uh, you know. Clarify. I, I know you, you have before, but re-clarify what that means. Oh, it's just, you know, Dick Grayson and Starfire. Like ben, like, like Brennifer or Brangelina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brangelina. It's Dick Fire. This is, okay, yeah. so I, I just want to, I'm just going to, Stop now. Okay. Um, so for me, there are just there are too many artists who have worked on the Emory Wars for me to say like one in particular because they've had a lot of people jump on and off. Okay. But that I, I would I would just say all all of the Emory Wars artists, starting with uh, in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth, which is the second trade, and through um or the the first uh. The first volume of the second story. Okay. Because there's three done so far. Yeah. And each has several volumes. But anyways, uh, for that very reason, the faces are all very, very distinctive. And that's one of my favorite qualities. Okay. Yeah, and that's I, cool. I'm sure because yeah. Ben has read, but your brother has read, uh, uh, I think, all my Emory Wars stuff. And I, I'm sure he would concur that one, mm-hmm. one really great thing about uh, the Emory Wars art is not only is the texture palette, original and mm-hmm. it, it looks very it's very modern and very indie but the faces of each character st- set are set apart from one another yeah um and obviously there are aliens and there are different creatures and stuff like that but i just i, I like that a lot nice uh next episode i will list I, what i will do is i will list off every single uh, every one of them single artist because that just came into my head yeah. when i was looking about i was like gosh I, there's like eight artists yeah what about you um, you know who I really love is uh, Tim Sale, who, yeah. who who did uh, Long Halloween. He did uh, Haunted Night, which is the one that I couldn't remember. And then he did Dark Victory. 
Yeah, and so uh, I he's actually on my list. Really? As well. So I'll I'll just go and right. And then of in course that, yeah. he did uh, Spider Man Blue. Spider Man Blue. Captain America White. Captain America White. Hulk Gray. Daredevil Yellow. He's awesome. Yes. He is so underrated. It's very his his art is very distinct. V- very. Like, and dude, no one talks about him. No. It's weird. It's because they always. I mean, he's always paired with Jeff Loeb, and so everyone just talks about Jeff, Jeff Loeb. Loeb. But um, no, it's Tim Sale too. Yeah. You you don't have those stories without that. Especially that classic in Spider-Man Blue where it has the Mary Jane, like the full page panel where it says, face a tiger, you, you just hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like yeah. incredible. Like compared to the original, it's a great callback. And he did a wonderful job of respecting the source material, but kind of like adding to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Giving it more emotional weight. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Uh, for me, uh, Fiona Staples uh, is another one. Um, she did, she does the, ro- the, ah, the art for Saga, um, which is a, an image title, uh, that was, that's also written by Brian K. Vaughn. Um, it is incredible. It's probably one of the most popular other than Walking Dead of the image titles. Uh, and she does a phenomenal job. Her characters all have distinct faces. They have distinct characteristics. Mm-hmm. And then she also did the first volume uh, first, either first volume or first few volumes for the Archie comics, okay. um, written by Mark Wade. Um, she does a great job. Uh, I love a lot of her work um, that she does. And if you look up artists, just comic book artists, she is usually in that list of just uh, incredible artists. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Um, up next, I am gonna go with uh, Frank Miller for his Wolverine and Daredevil. Okay. I know, I mean, it's utterly cliche, but it, I just, I love yeah. that style. It just, yeah. it resonates with me. And I, I just, I love that style. And like, who was the artist who you mentioned just a bit ago who you said his style looks like it's Frank Greg Capullo. Greg, Greg Capullo. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Frank Miller, obviously, his art style, he, he came decades and yes, decades ago. Yes, yes. Uh, but I'm certainly, more keen on Frank Miller's art than his writing. I think everyone is. I don't, what? I don't, I mean, I think you and I would disagree with people who think that way, but I don't, really? I know a lot of people who are just, they love Dark Knight Returns and they love Batman Year One. Yeah, but he, he drew the art for that stuff too. I know for Batman Returns he drew the art. You mean for Dark Knight Returns? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he, he did changed up his style yeah. for that one yeah. though. Are you sure? Can you can you can you actually Google it? I'm actually not sure that's true, because the gra- the uh, artwork for year one is quite a bit different than for returns. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't know if he did it for year one. Oh, okay. Um, Frank Miller. You you could be right. Uh, his his art style in the seventies and eighties was very different. Like his his Wolverine and Daredevil stuff is very noticeably different. Yep. If- illustrated by Miller. Really. Mm-hmm. Because the fat bat, to me, oh, God, that just does not look like... When I think of Frank Miller's older, like, Daredevil run, yeah, it's the furthest thing from, like, the fat bat. Well, so when I said Greg Capullo, that's actually what I was thinking of. The Dark Knight Returns? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I I was... was And even his, like, Wolverine, just, like, how his Wolverine is that stocky kind of build. That's that's true, yeah. I think it's different with Daredevil because of who Daredevil is. Like, you can't draw... You can't draw Daredevil, Dare, draw Daredevil in that kind of way. You mean he, you can't make him look stocky? Yeah. yeah, he is a he is a lean fighting machine. 
lean, not Matt green. Matt Murdock is an ESFP like me too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> My earth breaks. <laughs> uh, is is he? That's weird. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense when you think about. It. He's he's very he's very extroverted. Yeah, but I'm also just thinking like. There's nowhere. There's no way I'm possibly cool enough to be. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, y- y- uh, yeah, I guess. One I of, can see Charlie Cox being that the actor who plays Daredevil, being okay. ES, ESFP. Yeah. So what, what I did was I looked up a, a list of uh, fictional characters mm-hmm. that were ESFPs because I went to look at Star Wars and Wicket the Ewok was the only yeah. example. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, does does an Ewok really have the same Myers Briggs as a human? Really? Is that? I mean, I guess maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, you I, know, I had those, to, I had to look at all the those other ones. Buzz, those Buzzfeed. <laughs> Scientists out there, they really know the science behind. They this. know all of it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I looked up the rest, and uh, Peter Pan was on there. I which, can see that, which didn't surprise I actu- me. At I all. actually see that yeah. a lot. Yeah, that didn't that didn't surprise me. Yeah. But uh, anyways, no, that was kind of cool. I uh, I'm anyways huge fan of Frank Miller's yeah. Daredevil. Uh, for Iconic me, for me. My next one is Scott McDaniel. So Scott McDaniel did the art for the ch- a lot of Chuck Dixon's stuff so chuck dixon for those who don't know did a lot of the 90s batman he, he did, did nightfall uh scott mcdaniel yeah i don't know he did all of the nightwing which oh. i love that yeah that's iconic but let me check nightfall oh I, yeah he, i think he did because he he did a lot like that art is very similar um chuck dixon nightfall uh no i just love it has a very '90s feel to it. Like when I, when I uh, grew up reading, uh, I read Nightwing a lot. I read that early's Batman, the Batman and Robin stuff with Tim Drake. Um, I I love it all. I love it all. Uh, I don't think it's him. I think it's Jim Aparo. Yeah, Jim Aparo. It's another name I don't really hear talked about very often, but yeah. yeah, he's on. He's a name on a lot of the trades I own. Yeah, he did a lot of that that stuff back then. But let me. I am. I am making sure that it is correct. Interesting enough, a lot of that early '90s Batman was uh, started. It was passed on to Chuck Dixon, um, Denny O'Neill. That's uh, right. Yep. Really started a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, I I just love love Night Nightwing. But and that not, and that era was really iconic. Yeah. For, for the art. And that's where you got like. Uh, that was after that. A- Azrael as a character is just like insane. <laughs> yeah. Um. It it is inspired by Rob Liefeld. You can definitely tell it has the Rob Liefeld, the yeah. just crazy looking, uh, the, just the crazy looking um, characters. Just you know, really bulky with yeah, tiny at, with tiny ankles yeah, and pouches. Yeah, freaking Bane in Nightfall is. That's a classic huge. looking. That's a classic example of yeah. that sort of drawing. The way he drew Bane. Yes. And also just the way Azrael looked in the uh, in the bat suit that he wore. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Was it my turn now? Kelly Jones. Kelly That's Jones. it. Yep. It Kelly Jones. Turn. Yes, yes, it is your turn. Ooh. So up next, um, you know, because I have the tattoo on my arm, I think I'm gonna have, I'm 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 gonna go Jim Lee. Yeah. He is a he is one of the greats. Um one of the founders of Image Comics. Yeah. I I think it really just is no one no one draws a superhero in a spandex uniform better. He it is the classic like you look at Superman, you yeah. look at Batman, you look at Green Lantern. It's just he has a way of being like that is a superhero. Yes. Yes. And he he has a way of drawing skylines and mm-hmm. cities. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's a huge uh and 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 just the way he draws the tops of buildings in general. It just mm-hmm. and it's perfect for I mean, if you have that skill set, that's that's perfect for any DC superhero. Mm-hmm. And Jim Lee, well, I mean, Jim Lee did a number of other things too, but uh, the obviously his DC work is pretty iconic. Yeah, um, to the point where I think he is currently the CEO of DC Comics. Is he? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. This is a lot of us looking up facts and yeah, uh, keep talking. Did not, at, did not know that. Keep talking as a you know. We so who's your next? Look up these things. Yeah, he's the yep. He's a CCO of DC, the chief creative officer, um, who used to be Jeff Johns, and Jeff Johns stepped down from it. I remember when Jeff Johns was appointed. Yeah, I it was great. I, did, I didn't know he stepped down because from Rebirth was incredible, and he stepped down, and it went to crap. Uh, for me, next is Francis Manipal. Uh, we have talked about him uh, quite a bit. I love who's his, that. The artist for uh, one of the best flash lines. Um, and he has a way of distinctly drawing um, flash characters. Uh, he It's very clean, but also has that cartoony comic book feel to it that just kind of makes me happy when I see it. Um, uh, there's a lot of his art that I've kind of taken and made like my phone background yeah he does a lot of uh he did a portrait series of the flash characters um that i thought I loved. about throwing manipul in mine yeah he almost made my list yeah he would make my top 10 i think for sure anything of manipul like i'll look at and i just love to devour and um go over yeah what about you um what number are we on now? I don't have mine actually. I have I have mine in front of me and I know where yeah. I'm going, but what what number are we on? Uh now? my next one will be my number one. Okay. Um man, <laughs> it's funny and it makes sense because obviously Batman is my favorite. Yeah. But um this this isn't just for his Batman drawing, it's for everything he's done. Dude, I think I'm gonna go Neil Adams. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean his 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 style, I, I think. What it's it is, classic. What it is for he me is... He does some of the best Silver Age stuff. Yeah, and what it is for me also is that everything that I like, mm-hmm. almost, like you could say, has a little bit of him in it. Yeah. Like, just his his style is so classic, and it doesn't hurt that he also worked with Dennis O'Neill, yeah. and they did do some of the most iconic stuff in the mm-hmm. 70s. Yes. So... Uh, and, like, I have... I have two of his posters. One is the classic, your ward is a junkie. Um, yeah. Green Lantern telling Green Arrow as Speedy is doing heroin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I have a uh, Captain Bucky O'Hare, uh, which was a awesome um, 
I remember 80s, when you got that. 80s comic that was also a cartoon. There was a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, do yourself a favor and go watch the theme song for Captain, Captain Bucky, Bucky O'Hare. O'Hare. It is I didn't grow awesome. up with this, but it, it was pretty awesome, awesome to watch I, that. I kind of want to go back and see if I can get the series and just watch the series because that's an early uh, 80s cartoon. That is an 80s cartoon that is just phenomenal. Um, but yeah. That's awesome that you have that. That's a really like iconic yeah. thing to have. So for me, my number one is the man, the myth, the legend. I think he's your number one. Uh, Alex Ross. <laughs> I don't know if he's your number one. It's probably not. Well, uh, uh, no, 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 no. He is. <laughs> I so basically what I what I had was Neil Adams is my number one for. Yeah. There, if we're going just classic, dr- like comic book drawings, yeah. Neil Adams would be. But Alex Ross for overall artwork. Yes, yes, he, and, he's my number one too. Yeah, for those who do not know, I mean, we talk about Alex Ross a lot. We name drop him a lot. Yeah, he. His art is phenomenal. And when you see it, you're like, that's an Alex Ross. There's no doubt about it. I still say, I mean, and I haven't read the sequel, but I still say Kingdom Come is the best comic book artwork that I've ever seen. Ever seen. Uh, He also (laughs) did um, The League, which uh, is a Justice League. It's where the villains kind of win. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he does the artwork for that. It's incredible. He does the artwork for a series called Marvels, which is a is a reporter's take on the Marvels as uh, just the Marvel characters, as okay. like from the beginning. He's like, I was there for the Fantastic Four wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I was there for the Gwen Stacy death, and it's just this, it's the experience of a reporter as he's looking at all these uh, Marvel characters throughout the years. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And with his art style, oh, that sounds so like it would good. be really immersive. It's so good. Yeah. Wow. Um it's out of all of the people we've talked about, his is his art sells for thousands. Like yeah. just getting a small portrait of his is thousands of dollars. Yeah. I think Alex Ross also being an oil painter, it's that's that already Yeah. You know you know what it's like? It's like comparing if you were to compare Mozart to a bunch of people who write like pop or rock or hip hop music, yeah, he already has an edge based solely off the type of music. Just he the the genius behind it. Yeah, yeah. it's like I mean, you, you might really like Dr. Dre or Paul McCartney mm-hmm. or all these geniuses, but are they really going to compare to Mozart? Probably. Are they? Probably yeah. Not. Are they writing symphonies? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I would say, well, yeah, what Alex Ross does, it's those oil paintings. It's the art. It's the comic book art version of a symphony. Yeah. It's on I mean, you know those uh posters where he has all the characters perfectly splayed out as they're going up against one yeah, another, yeah. like in, in uniform. Mm-hmm. That I mean, no one can draw something like that. Just a, yeah. a simple idea that a lot of other artists have tried to do where it's like, oh, this dude versus that dude, mm-hmm. just you know, knuckle to knuckle. Yeah. And make it look so just immersive. Yeah. And uh, another thing he does is he uses real life models. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And, and he, so. I mean, he's got he's got good taste cuz all these people look so much like Yeah. 
the character. Like Wonder there. Woman is straight up what I think an Amazon would look like. Oh, so one thing I don't know that I've ever said on the show, maybe I have, and I'm probably gonna get crap for it. You can you can call me out. Um, my other bat statue that I have is a miniature Alex Ross statue. Which one? Um, so I have the first appearance of Robin one, mm-hmm. and then my one of Batman standing with his cape all splayed out. That's it, that's Alex Ross. That is an Alex. Oh, okay, it, it's the miniature one, so th- it's harder to see the facial detail. Yeah, but if you look up close, it's very obvious. Okay, from afar, it's not. But um, I won't call you out because I have mentioned that before. No, I'm just <laughs> okay. I'm just saying I won't call you out. Well, thanks, man. You're welcome. Get no, your back. uh. Alex Ross's work in Kingdom Come, I think that was probably the big the big uh, game changer for me as far as like you know what a comic book artist could make work with. Just <laughs> it's just bubble dialogue. Yeah, but it's like you're going through all these gorgeous paintings. He he brought it to life. It's weird yeah. that that he actually brought that into into play. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't know I. I could just repeat myself over and over again, (laughs) but I mean, it's just, he's untouchable. Yeah. Well, that's it for our favorite artists. Um, I, uh, started jumping back in and I've been reading a lot of comics actually. So your last, Um, that stack is huge. Yeah. And I think I went through from where I posted, like I posted online and it was like, I'm, you know, I'm reading trying to catch back up from where I was. Uh, and I think I read like four or five trades. Um, let me see. Yeah. Uh, only three. So I read the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I read the, which is volume six or seven, I want to say. Uh, really, really good. Uh, they're, they're fighting a character called Dracon. He was kind of mentioned in the series that You've read he's an evil evil Tommy from the future. And he's like, if the Green Ranger didn't change to the White Ranger. Okay. Um, kind of situation. Uh and he's now trying to harness the power of the coins um from all the different Power Rangers from all different time zones or time worlds. So there's been like there's a Zero, there's a Zeo, there's a Samurai. Like okay. they've, they've introduced all the characters from all the different Power Rangers series. Yeah. Um, really cool and really fun. It it was a good read. Would you say so would you say the Power Ranger stuff keeps getting better? The comics? Yeah. Yeah, they they do interesting stuff. Uh the more character stuff was better in the first ones, but the more adventure like bombastic stuff is better in the later series. Okay. Cuz the first, I think I read like the first like four trades. I think, I think so. Yeah. Somewhere there, yeah. Did you um, get to the part where they all turned into green? Yeah, Green Rangers. Okay, yeah. I think that's four. I, I mean, I I liked all of that, but at one point, I I wasn't like I wasn't uh, disgusted with that. I was just like, oh, I don't know. it's it, it still kind of feels that way. Okay. Um. But this last one, I think, did better. And then there was also the Green Ranger, uh, comic that just came out we're just focused on tommy in the future mm-hmm. as a like as a veteran where he's no longer the green ranger and his son is like the next green ranger that was really good cool uh and i also read archie volume six i want to say uh still really good stuff uh i love mark wade's take on the characters 
Uh, I've said that many, many times. I highly recommend this series uh, to everyone. And then um, I'm continuing reading American Vampire, which is super good, written by Scott Snyder, uh, and um, Brian K. Vaughn's Why the Last Man, which is super heavy. It's a really heavy comic, um, but I, I love every bit of it. And I'm currently reading Secret Empire, which was written by Nick Spencer, uh, and it's the the Hydra Captain America. It's the the mm-hmm. the the ending of that conflict. So okay, yeah. At this point, Captain America has betrayed everyone, uh, and Hydra has taken over the world. Uh, and so it's them trying to get back. They've found out that this isn't the real Captain America. That the Cosmic Cube uh, rewrote his whole reality Mm. and so in his mind he is hydra he grew up hydra even though that's not actual reality that's just it's just been warped um so yeah that's why i've been currently reading sweet yeah uh thank you for joining us yeah thank you so much folks we will catch you next time hope you enjoyed take care